Welcome to the Let the Truth Be Told podcast with me, Apostle Jennifer Abigail Lawson Wallace. I'm the co-founder of Cedars House Christian International, a ministry dedicated to raising believers in Christ. I'm also the founder and international president of Women in Tune, a global army of women faithfully worshiping and serving Jesus Christ. My passion is to teach, train, and disciple men, women, their youth, and leaders to get more intimate with the Lord and serve Him. The aim of this podcast is to bring the truth of God's Word to the body of Christ. Therefore, you can expect in-depth teachings for those who are young in their faith, as well as those who are serious with their Christian walk and want to grow. Be ready to be strengthened, equipped, and empowered in your daily walk with the Lord as you listen to the Let the Truth Be Told podcast. We are currently discussing the mandate of the church in this series I've titled Walk About Zion. In the previous episode, we established that Jesus gave the Great Commission as the mandate of the church. And in the Great Commission, there are four clear instructions the church must seek to follow in order to fulfill her mandate. We are commanded to go therefore, preach the gospel of the kingdom, disciple and build the church, and establish the kingdom by discipling the nations. We shall begin this episode by continuing from where we left off last time, preach the gospel of the kingdom. So what is the gospel of the kingdom? To start with, you may read Matthew chapter 4, verses 12 to 25, and Luke chapter 4, verses 42 to 44. The gospel of the kingdom or the good news of the kingdom is the message we have been mandated by Jesus Christ to preach to all. First of all, Jesus came on the earth with a gospel, with the good news, which he preached everywhere. There are many, many scriptures which tell us that he preached the gospel. He went about preaching the gospel John chapter 5, verses 17 to 20, Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, Luke chapter 8, verse 1, Luke chapter 4, verse 43, Matthew chapter 4, verse 23, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. All through the New Testament, there are scriptures which tell us that he went about preaching the gospel, and he went about preaching the gospel of the kingdom. So what is the kingdom? Romans chapter 14 verse 17 tells us, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. The kingdom is Christ's rule and reign of righteousness, peace and joy on the earth. You remember when the angels came at his birth, when he was born, the angels came and they, they sang, glory be to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. This is the essence of the good news. This is the kingdom coming into manifestation. It is Christ's rule and reign of righteousness, peace and joy on the earth. So building and establishing the kingdom of God on the earth is God's foremost business on the earth. It was God's foremost business in the beginning when he created man so that what is in heaven will be upon the earth. That was why Jesus came because man had lost 
his mandate. Through Jesus, God's kingdom has come on the earth so that what exists in heaven may be represented, replicated, or manifested here on the earth. I mean, you would think that all humanity will rejoice that once again there will be righteousness. Once again there will be peace. Once again there will be joy. We are seeking these things, but for some reason we don't want it the way God is offering it to us. So we are to go and spread that good news of Jesus Christ, that it is possible to get it right with God. It is possible to have peace. It is possible to have joy. This is the kingdom of God in manifestation. Hallelujah. I want to say again about the kingdom of God. That is the message that Jesus was focused on throughout his time on earth. It was the focus of his mission on the earth. The kingdom of God was the theme of his ministry on the earth. It was the focus of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus talked extensively, Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 7. Jesus went on and on about the kingdom lifestyle that we were to have. Hallelujah. The kingdom was the focus of his parables. When you read Matthew chapter 13, he gave so many parables. The kingdom of God is like this. The kingdom of God is like a master seed. The kingdom of God is like a, a, a pearl. It's like a treasure that uh, was hidden in a field. Over and over again, Jesus made the kingdom central to his message. Even when we asked him to pray, when the disciples asked him to pray, what was the first thing? He said, when you pray, pray our Father in heaven, your kingdom come. And he ended it for yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory. That's in Matthew chapter 6 verses 8 to 13. We are to pray the kingdom come. Hallelujah. The kingdom was the focus of the assignment he gave the first 12 disciples. He said go out and preach the kingdom. He gave them authority to go out and preach the kingdom. So the kingdom was the foundation and is the essence of the Great Commission. The scriptures we've read, especially in Matthew 28, 18 to 20, and Mark chapter 16, verses 14 to 18, the kingdom of God. So why is the message of the kingdom not central to what we are preaching out there? We found another way. And we have a false message of the kingdom which focuses on us. It focuses on our lifestyle on the earth. It focuses on, on uh, us pushing ourselves to make it on the earth. When even this earth is going to be cast away and a new earth will come into manifestation. It's all about God and it's all about his kingdom. And that is what the church is mandated to preach. If we do not know what the kingdom is, we need to ask the Holy Spirit and we need to get into the scriptures to come to a full understanding. The kingdom has got nothing to do with what you will eat or what you will wear. It has nothing to do because it says the kingdom is not eating or drinking. The kingdom is not about the houses we will have. No, 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 no. It is about God bringing righteousness into every aspect of society. 
And it is possible. It is possible. That is how the West made it. When they discovered that if they lived right with God, he will bless them. Now we've gone another way. Hallelujah. The beauty of all things is this, that Jesus boldly stated that it is the preaching of the gospel of the kingdom to every nation that will signal the end. That is what will usher the end time in. So we are to go out and preach the good news of the kingdom. And he said it must be preached to all and the end will come. Matthew 24, 14. He said, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come. We have a mandate to preach the good news. The good news which Jesus brought to us from the Father was about the kingdom being established on the earth. God wants to take us back to the beginning. When man had dominion, had been mandated to have dominion on the earth, to multiply and be fruitful, spread the image of God upon the earth. This is the good news. And sometimes I sit down and I say, Lord, is this really possible? Sometimes I ponder, is it really possible? And then I'm encouraged that the word of God says that with God, nothing shall be impossible. Nothing shall be impossible. That was said to Mary when she conceived to have Jesus Christ. And those same words are still in motion that with God, nothing shall be impossible. Only if we, the church, rise up and give ourselves to the Holy Spirit, and to the task of fulfilling the mandate. Hallelujah. It is the good news of God's kingdom. The good news is what we have been mandated to go out and share with all. This must be the center and focus of all we do. Every believer must be able to and is required to preach the gospel through the power of the Holy Spirit who is in us and the knowledge of the scriptures, we are to be equipped to preach. I will come to these things later when I come to the mission of the church. Hallelujah. Another thing about the gospel, which we find in Mark's version of the, of, of the scriptures, is that when we preach the gospel, the signs of the kingdom should manifest Isaiah 61 tells us that the spirit of the Lord is upon me and he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to open prison doors, to give beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness. This is what Jesus said will happen when we go out to preach the gospel of the kingdom. He says they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents. They will drink deadly things and it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. The power of God will be made manifest in our lives and in our ministries as we step out and as we begin to preach the good news of the kingdom. When the first 12 apostles went out and came back, they were excited. They said even demons were obeying them. Even when the 72 went out, they came back with the same report. Hallelujah. We saw it in the early church. 
Oh, hallelujah. And God is restoring it now. We only need to go back to basics. You may read Matthew chapter 10, verses 5 to 15. Mark chapter 6, verses 7 to 13. Luke chapter 9, verse 1 to 6. And Luke chapter 10, verse 1 to 12. These are scriptures which will endorse what we have just said. Hallelujah. So I said the first aspect of our mandate is to go ye. Go therefore, because authority has been given to me and I'm giving it to you. Go. The second aspect is preach the good news of the kingdom. The third aspect, disciple and build the church. And like I'm saying that when I come to the mission of the church from the next episode, we will talk more about this in depth. Disciple and build the church. First of all, we are to baptize all who respond to the good news. If they say, yes, I believe, I want Jesus in my life. I want to give my life to Jesus and I want him to wash and cleanse me and to reconcile me with the Father. I believe in the work he did on the cross that is sufficient to deal with sin in my life. Hallelujah. When the person believes and makes that confession, Romans tells us that with the heart we believe, with the mouth we confess. When the person does that, we baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit to show that they have been joined to Jesus. Now, after that, we must also teach them, instruct them, exhort and admonish them to become disciples of Jesus Christ, to learn to live in his presence, to live by his word, and to be transformed in their walk and in their ways. Hallelujah. The church must be discipled and built to become like Christ. The Bible says to the measure of Christ. The church must be discipled to be Christ-like. As he is the head and we are the body, the body and the head must be one. The head cannot be different from the, the body. Therefore, the church must be built up to function as Christ. We'll discuss this further, like I said. Again, further references to look at, because this is a, a teaching channel where we are teaching, not just preaching. We are teaching precept upon precept, line upon line. You can look at these scriptures in your spare time. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 to 20. John chapter 13, verses 34 to 35. John chapter 17, verses 1 to 26. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 to 7. And then you can read also from verses 11 to 16. And Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 to 25. Hallelujah. The final aspect, I said the four key instructions. The first instruction, go ye therefore. Second instruction, preach the gospel of the kingdom. Third instruction, disciple and build the church. Fourth instruction is to establish the kingdom of God by discipling the nations. All disciples of Jesus are to be trained, equipped, and released to continue the above cycle within their own communities and spheres of influence. They are to go out and preach. 
When I was a young Christian, I was told that you know you are a disciple of Jesus when you are ready to go out and preach and also disciple others. You are a disciple when you can disciple others. Hallelujah. It is through this cycle that the church will disciple, that is teach and lead people in the ways of God, beginning from our homes, our communities, our workplaces, our uh, villages and towns, the marketplace, wherever believers are, we will find ourselves fulfilling this cycle. Hallelujah. Again, there are a few scriptures for your consideration. Isaiah chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. Micah chapter 4, verses 1 to 5. Psalm 2, verses 6 to 9. Daniel chapter 2, verse 44. And Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 to 5. Amen. I want to conclude this episode by saying that Jesus modeled the Great Commission. He's not asking us to do something that he himself did not do. What can we learn from Jesus? First of all, he called some people to himself out of darkness to light in him. He called them, you can read that in Mark 3. Then he spent three and a half years discipling them, training them, and equipping them to become his disciples who would understand the ways of God and his kingdom. Whilst doing that, Jesus himself preached and taught the kingdom message. Actually, he taught so well that the people marveled and said, ah, this one is different. He doesn't teach like the rabbis. He teaches with authority. He taught the kingdom message. He taught the kingdom lifestyle in Matthew chapters 5 to 7. And he demonstrated the kingdom power. The sick were healed. The dead came to life. Demonic oppressed people received liberty as demons came out of them. I remember when John the Baptist sent to him asking, are you the one to come or should we look for another? What did Jesus do? The Bible says he continued doing what he was doing, healing the sick, preaching the gospel. And he said, go tell John that the lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Blessed is he who is not offended by me. Meaning that I'm demonstrating the kingdom. I don't know what you're looking for, John, but I am here proclaiming the kingdom and demonstrating it. Hallelujah. Jesus did two pilot projects, which I have mentioned before, by sending out the 12 and the 70 out to do the same. You find this in Matthew 10, 5 to 15, Mark chapter 6, 7 to 12. I've mentioned some of these scriptures already. As you read them, you will find that Jesus tested what he committed to us by doing two pilot projects and it worked. They came back rejoicing. Hallelujah. And just before he returned to heaven, he commissioned all his disciples, including you and I, to go out and proclaim the kingdom and teach people the ways of the kingdom. Hallelujah. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was released. He came mightily. There was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon 
the 120 disciples, not just the 12 apostles, but the 120 disciples gathered in the upper room, waiting for empowerment. For Jesus has said, wait, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. You will accomplish the task that I am sending you forth for. The Holy Spirit came not just upon the men, he came upon the women also. It means that every believer, whether male or female, carries the same mandate of Jesus Christ. Whether leader or lady, we all have been mandated to go out there and preach the good news of the kingdom. Hallelujah. And demonstrate its work. With the coming of the Holy Spirit, the disciples were activated and released to go and fulfill the Great Commission. That is why I believe that the Holy Spirit is the greatest need of the church. We need the empowerment of the Spirit. We will explore some of this as we come. But till date, the kingdom marches on. What was started by the disciples of Jesus under the power of the Holy Spirit has continued till date and will continue till he comes. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is the person we need more than anything to help us. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit was sent to be with the church, to empower her, to fulfill her purpose on the earth, and to fulfill her mandate in the Great Commission. Jesus said to them, do not go until he comes. And that is why we need him. I cannot say it, oh God. Oh, I cannot say it too much, many times. We need the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit in your life. I'm not saying you need to speak in tongues. Speaking in tongues is just a manifestation. The power of the Holy Spirit is what we need to spear us on that we will go forth, to give us the words to speak as we preach the good news of the kingdom, to empower us to do the works. Oh, even discipling, we need the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to disciple even our own self, to become true disciples of Jesus. We cannot do it without the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. We are to desire the Holy Spirit above everything. To learn more about the Holy Spirit, especially the Holy Spirit as a mandatory clause, the, the condition Jesus put in the mandate, you may watch episode one on the series of Knowing the Holy Spirit on Let the Truth Be Told, or you may click on the link below to take you to that episode. Hallelujah. We have a mandate to fulfill. We have the power of heaven backing us. And all we need is God to pour his spirit afresh on us, even whilst waiting for that fresh infilling, because the Holy Spirit already dwells in us. We can take that step and we can begin to share the good news of Jesus Christ and begin to disciple others until we disciple the nation. We look forward to discussing uh, these things uh, in more details, in depth, in the coming episodes. So don't forget to tune in. If you subscribe, you'll be notified when the next episode 
is released. God bless you. I hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and perhaps even challenged by this message. You may also watch teachings related to this message and other topics on my Let the Truth Be Told YouTube channel, which you can subscribe to. I'd love to hear from you, so please do sign up to our email list at letthetruthbetold at cedeshouse.org and subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss an episode. To find out more about me, Jennifer Abigail Lawson-Wallace, our ministry and the work we do, visit our websites, womenintune.org, quiverprayermovement.org, and cedeshouse.org. You may join our community on social media and engage with us there. This podcast was sponsored by Sublime Gifts, home of elegant, bespoke Christian gifts, from personalized cards and cushions to devotionals and luxury picture frames. Please do remember to visit their website, sublimegiftsuk.com. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to download and listen to the podcast. God bless you.